So you call in your next patient. It's a gentleman here for a general abdomen. You escort him to the exam room. You instruct him to sit on the exam table. You place all the drapes on him. You pour the gel and you start scanning. And when you start scanning, he gets this big, stupid grin on his face and cracks a stupid joke. Oh, is it a boy or a girl? Oh, ho, 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 ho. And you just look at him and say, oh, now you care? Unlike nine months ago when your side call told you it was yours. I'm Nicole, like my soul, an ultrasound podcast. Hello, my name is Efren, and I am your host. And yes, I am playing with sound effects now. And yes, I would say that to someone. And yes, I am totally kidding about that. Do not say that to anybody as tempting as it would be. <laughs> I don't want you getting in trouble. They're just little jokes, you know, to maybe make you smile or maybe give you ideas. Oh God, I might be giving you bad ideas. <laughs> I'm trying, I promise I'm not purposely being a bad influence. <laughs> Evil laugh. <laughs> I am currently five months into my six months externship, and I cannot tell you how many times I have heard that joke already. If you're in your externship, I'm sure you've been hearing it left and right. If you're already a, a sonographer, an established sonographer, you probably have heard that a million times and just roll your eyes. It's, yeah, that's one joke that's probably never going to fade away or one joke that you'll never hear again. <laughs> You're going to, it's going to keep coming back, coming back to haunt you. Ooh. Anyways, today's episode, I'm going to walk you through a typical day in the outpatient clinic where I'm at. Um, the outpatient clinic is... um. It's not a free clinic. It's one of those clinics where if you don't have insurance, you would go to. Uh, basically, you pay upfront for everything. So to see a doctor, you pay cash uh, for any lab, uh, lab test or any kind of exam. You know, you pay cash and you pay upfront. Uh, it's mainly a Hispanic population. Um, so it can get very busy usually monday and fridays are the busiest days um i'm typically there monday through friday for my externship which is oh, like i love it but man i can't wait for it to be over like i'm just a little over a month away from finishing this externship and you know i'm gonna be sad when it finishes or when i'm done with it because i enjoy it scanning people i've been enjoying you know uh, talking to different people interacting with all these different patients you know all the stuff i've seen and you know i'm really glad i chose this as a career like i'm not regretting it at all but it's going to be sad because soon i'm not going to see that's in your tech anymore i'm not going to see that clinic anymore i'm going to miss like waking up early in the morning every day but i also work full-time so Usually, typically weekends, I'm working. So 
uh, Monday through Friday, like from nine to five, I'm usually in the clinic. And then Friday, Saturday and Sunday, I'm usually working 7 p.m. to 7.30 a.m. So basically, I have no life. So that's one reason I'm looking forward to the end of my externship. Uh, hopefully, this coming April, uh, I finish my associates, uh, start my bachelor's, and yeah, finally enjoy having weekdays off and just maybe stay in bed and just not go out at all for a few days and just catch up on sleep and rest. <laughs> Uh, the sacrifices you make for a career, right? Okay. Now, uh, usually we have to be in the clinic by 9 a.m. Uh, the first patient is usually ska- uh, scheduled at 9.20 a.m. Unless there's a cancellation, then the first patient won't be until 9.40 a.m. You know, we get there. Uh, there's one exam room where the ultrasound machine is. And then right next to it, there's like a little office where we can put our stuff in and write our reports and you know, have our little meetings if we need them. Uh, we arrive, uh, put our stuff down. And of course, first thing first, turn on the machine. While the machine is warming up, uh, we basically just wipe down everything, disinfect everything, the exam table, the chairs, the countertops, the tables, and we'll go also over to our office, wipe down the desk, all the chairs and the phones um, to make sure, you know, we're not spreading germs anywhere and we're all safe. And once we're done cleaning, uh, we'll look over our supplies, make sure we have enough drapes, if not uh, enough table paper for the exam table. Uh, I'll make sure all the gel bottles are full. And once that is done, we'll go and print out the schedule. Now, let me explain the schedule. All right, so the schedule is made up of slots. And each slot is supposed to represent one person, one exam. And usually, uh, in a typical day, it'll say 22 patients scheduled. And you might say 22 patients for one day. And you're like, oh, my God. But yeah, it's an entire day, but there is a catch to that. Um, the computer basically just counts the number of slots being used and say, oh, it, it thinks each slot is a patient. When in reality, uh, some patients will have uh, maybe two exams scheduled, so they'll take up two slots. Like let's say someone came in for an abdomen and a pelvic, they'll take up two of those slots. Or if they're a lower extremity venous and a lower extremity uh, arterial, they'll take up two slots. The other exam that also takes up two slots, it's echoes. So if someone comes in for an echo, they'll take up two slots. But the computer will count them each as a different, well, there are a different exam, but also as a different person. So you're typically doing uh, more than one exam on one person And it'll say like, oh, 22 patients, when in reality, it's less than that. So don't freak out too much about it. Another reason not to freak out too much about it is not everyone shows up for their appointment, which is sad. Some days, like, we'll get more than half of the people not show up. And if it's like slow like that, the clinic will start taking in walk-ins. And then we have, that way we have people to scan. 
Now, typically the way they schedule people is they like scheduling the abdominals first thing in the morning because for that they have to be MPO. And it's usually easier on the patient to be just fasting overnight and not have to like fast during the day. But we have had like times where they schedule them in late in the afternoon because they can't get the day out out of work. So they'll go in right after work and sometimes they'll be MPL and sometimes they won't. I mean, it's pretty difficult if you have to, if you're working during the day and not have lunch. I mean, some people can't do that. It's really difficult. And, you know, we don't want anybody fainting either. So, so, I mean, Sometimes it'll, it won't hurt the exam depending on what time they took their lunch or and sometimes you just won't see anything no matter how hard you try. Uh, pelvics, they'll schedule any time during the day because for a pelvic, typically you just need a full bladder. So that's easier. Uh, usually all the venous and arterial exams will schedule in the afternoon, like the carotids, uh, lower extremity venous, arterial, uh, even thyroids. Thyroids typically they'll schedule any time of the day, but first they'll do abdomens and then they'll like sneak in a thyroid if they need to. But typically thyroids in the afternoons as well, because for that there's no prep for that. Um, echoes, echoes, usually they're scheduling, they schedule one before lunch and one after lunch. Uh, for that, they don't need to do any prep. They don't have to fast. They don't have to drink, you know, any certain amount of water. They just show up. So those are easy. Um, and like I said, like not all the patients show up. But the other problem you also find is a lot of patients are never on time. Uh, We always get patients who are like an hour late and we're like, really? You can make it a little earlier? (laughs) People. I'm not going to say anything else. (laughs) I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get you in trouble. Um but yeah, and that causes problems because maybe like the ones who do show up on time uh, are there and then they show up late and then you have like four or five patients waiting, you know, all in at one time and that puts you in a bind. So you have you have that to look forward to. I'm sorry. Another problem you'll run into is with the pelvics. With the pelvics, you need a full bladder. Very rarely do they show up with a full bladder. They'll be like, oh, I started drinking 30 minutes ago. Or, oh, I just drank this five minutes ago. And we're like, so your bladder isn't full. And they're supposed to drink at least two bottles of water an hour before uh, the exam. So if they don't have a full bladder, we can't see anything. And if we can't see anything, we can't do the exam. I've had like, Countless uh, women come in saying like, oh, my God, uh, can you see me now? Can you do the exam on me now? Because, oh, my God, uh, I need to go to the bathroom. I don't think I can hold it anymore. And we're like, okay, we're kind of rolling our eyes because we know what to expect. And this is so mean to say, but, you know, it has happened so many times. We bring them in. 
And as soon as we place a transducer on them, what do we see? An empty bladder. And we're like, ma'am, your bladder is empty. There's nothing in there. So we're going to have to wait for all for it to fill up. Uh, if you uh, can go outside and maybe walk around a bit, that will help a lot. And then they just stare at you like, what? No, but I have to pee. I'm like, please don't pee. There's nothing for you to pee. So go out, walk around, and then once you feel you're ready, we'll bring you back in. And they look so disappointed because they were hoping they could leave early or they're mad because they got caught. And at one point, <laughs> one of my... At one point, I was tempted to just measure how much pee was in that bladder and let her know that she only has like an ounce of water in there. But I'm like, no, no, don't do it. Just don't do it. As tempting as it might be, don't do it. <laughs> I've came close a few times. I'm like, no, ma'am, there's nothing in here. And sometimes I will show them too, like, this is your bladder. This is how small it is. We need it big. And then once they come back with a full bladder, I show them, see, there's the difference between now and then. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I can see that. Sorry. Uh, just one of the many things you have to deal with. Sorry. That mess aside, uh, let me tell you how we usually did things at the beginning of the externship. And by that, I mean, uh, usually we we used to take turns shadowing the senior tech, so there's not too many people in the room at one point, uh, in, in the exam room. So we would take turns shadowing, and then he would let us back scan after he was done. Uh, if he saw that we were pretty good at scanning and that we knew our stuff, like he would let us scan on our own, which he pretty much... Uh, did by the second or third week yeah by the second and third week i believe is when we started scanning on our own and what we do is like one of us would scan while the other one would shadow us and just write down all the measurements and then uh, we'll call him and let him know like they were done he would come in check the images uh, retake anything or take pictures any pictures that were missing and then we will move on to the next patient. Uh, now uh, we're in there by ourselves. Um, uh, typically, unless we see something uh, abnormal, like we'll let him know and then he'll come in. But if it's like a typically no more normal exam, uh, now he pretty much trusts us to know what normal looks like. <laughs> If that makes sense. And he was like, all right, if you didn't find anything, everything looks good, they can go. And we're like, all right. And, you know, that's a, you know, that's a big responsibility, you know, to get to that point, he has to really trust us. And like, I'm so happy that he does. And like, whenever I see anything wrong, I'm like, oh, I see this. I see that. Do you want to check? And they go, go and check. Like, okay, good eye. Um, <clears throat> and, for you to be at that point, like, you'll get at that point, but you just have to scan, 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 scan. Uh, like, I know a lot of people, like, say that to death, but that's really the way you learn, like, the way you get, gain experience. 
I mean, you'll get more comfortable scanning. You learn to know what to look out for. Uh, learn, um, like, one of my biggest concerns at the beginning of the externship was uh, how long I took to do an exam. Like, I remember when I first saw my senior tech do an exam, I was like, holy crap, he's so fast. It was like he would take pictures, like, Boom, boom, boom. And then it was just click, 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 click. I'm like, he was taking pictures left and right. And I'm like, holy crap, how am I going to be like that? How am I going to do this? I'm like, I was a little overwhelmed and shocked. I was like, wow. And I was kind of like worried, like, oh, my God, I'm so slow. Like, how am I going to prove my time? But pretty much what happened was, since I was scanning so much, like I just natu- my time naturally uh, grew faster, or I naturally got faster at scanning, and <clears throat> and that happens with experience. Like the more you scan, the more practice you have, the faster you'll get. I mean, it'll just happen naturally. Like when it when I got faster. I didn't even notice it. He was the one who told me, oh, yeah, you're getting faster. Like, it doesn't take you this long. Or, like, I'll, there was, like, a difficult patient to scan. He was, like, over 300 pounds. And he's like, oh, wow, you took all the pictures that you needed to, and you took the same amount of time you usually do. And I'm like, what? Really? Oh, yeah, you, your your time has gotten, like, a lot faster. You've improved a lot. And I'm like, What? <laughs> I was, like, so happy to get that praise. I was, like, I wanted to cry, but it'll happen. Like, make sure if they ask you, do you want to scan? Always say yes. Even if you do horrible, even if it looks like you don't know what you're doing, scan. Put that probe on that patient and just slide away. Like, the more you do, the better you'll get the happier you'll be, you won't regret it. And so now typically he just lets us scan. He kind of lets us take over. But if he sees like too many patients are piling up or too many patients showed up at the same time, he'll go and scan uh, a couple of patients to make sure we don't fall too much behind and make sure we get out on time. So... And I remember at first, like, we didn't write reports, but, you know, we basically, what we did was, like, we would watch him write the reports and then, like, read them after he was done. And after a while, we would ask him, like, oh, so on this one, what would you write? And we will, like, he would tell us what to write on the report. And that's how we learned writing reports. And now, Typically, we can pretty much write a report for most of the ultrasounds unless it's, like, overly complicated. But he'll, you know, he'll go over it, and then he'll sign it. It's like, oh, yeah, good job. So, you know, <clears throat> it takes a lot of patience. It's a lot of hard work, but you'll get there. And so now, like, we're scanning our own. We're writing our own reports. And, like, he's kind of, like, expecting it expects us expects it from us and he kind of expected that from us from the beginning as well because he told us flat out like uh there's not going to be that much hand holding here i expect you to pull in your own weight like uh if you need help of course i'm here but also want to see some effort on your part as well so like a typical day in the clinic 
isn't too bad, at least, especially now. I know in some places like RadNet, the teachers would tell us, and I would hear this from the classmates too, that it's basically like a conveyor belt. You bring in a patient, scan. Next, scan. Next, scan. Next. It's like scan, scan, scan. And then sometimes you won't even have time for lunch. And a lot of those RadNet techs apparently... Uh, they don't let the students scan because they don't want to fall behind. They just want to scan their patients and get out. So that kind of sucks. Um, <clears throat> one of my classmates now, like, they kind of did a 360 on her. At first, they wouldn't let her scan at all. And now, like, since they found out that she can scan, now they're making her do everything, and they just want to sit down and not do anything. It's like... Really? At first you didn't want her to scan and now you want her to do all the work for you. It's like, <sighs> be kind to your students, please. Be kind to your students. And if you're a rat net, um, you know, it's sink or swim. You know, it might suck right now, but hey, that experience will make you stronger. And like whenever you go anywhere, it's like, oh, I was at rat net. This is easy for me. You'll literally be saying that. So look forward to that. And since you're scanning so much, you'll get to see a lot of beautiful and some strange things as well. I think the first crazy thing I ever saw in my externship was this girl. She came in for a pelvic. Uh, when my senior tech like placed a transducer on her and started scanning her, at first, the only thing I saw was this big old egogenic mass. I'm like, where's her uterus? What is that? Is that a tumor? Like, what the hell is going on? And he was angling in different ways. And then he started to measure it. And he started uh, from the middle of it and then traced it all the way around, like in a, like a curl. And I was like, huh? Like, I wasn't understanding what was going on. But then after, like, a minute or so, it kind of dawned on me. I'm like, is her uterus curled backwards? And it was. Her uterus wasn't only retroflex, but it curled backwards like a cinnamon bun. It was, like, the weirdest thing. I was like, can that really happen? Is that dangerous? I'm like, and he's like, no, it's just a variant her uterus is just curled backwards and i was like wow the second crazy thing i saw after that was a patient who has situs and bursus his liver was on his left side spleen on the right side pancreas was pointing to his or the head of the pancreas when it was pointing to the left side and the heart was pointing to the right side so he was completely flipped and i was like Oh my god. I was actually excited. Like I was like, oh, I get to scan my first sightus and verses. I was like a little too happy <laughs> about it. Um he was a little difficult to scan uh because you know typically like to get a picture like transverse liver uh with the hepatic veins, you know, you're pointing at his right shoulder usually and you had to paint pointed towards his left shoulder and it was just kind of awkward and and it took me a little it took me a little bit to get it 
get the whole thing done. And he was there for just for an abdomen, but it was just kind of like awkward angles that I wasn't typically used to to get uh, these pictures, but I got it done somehow. And I was like really happy, <laughs> a little too happy, but I was like, oh my God, it was, it was so weird. And then poor guy, he was telling me the way he found out was he was getting pain on his left side of the chest. Mind you, the heart is pointing towards the right, but he didn't know at a time and neither did the doctors. So when the doctors tried to listen to his heart, they couldn't hear anything and they freaked out so much. They sent him to the ED and he was, he got like so afraid. He said he was ready to faint because he didn't know what was going on. Like, was this pain going to cause him a heart attack? Was he going to have a stroke? Like what is going on? And apparently in the ED, um, they took some x-rays and the x-ray tech wanted to cry because he couldn't not figure out why the x-rays were coming out wrong. Was there something wrong with the machine? Like he was ready to cry. He was so frustrated because he didn't understand what was going on. And the gentleman was also wanting to cry because like, why is this happening to me? And he said like, eventually they figured it out. And then uh, once they figured it out, they told the x-ray tech who was like relieved about it because he thought he was going crazy or that the machine was completely broken. But he said it was like the worst night of his life, but he's happy that he was actually good. His health was actually good. <laughs> and that pain on his left shift wasn't really anything uh I don't think he even pay attention to the pain anymore because he was worried about something else. You know, he was like, am I dying? And I was like, wow. And the third crazy thing I have seen in my externship was this one patient who was there for ethanol abuse and ascites. It was ascites everywhere. Uh, the liver was surrounded by fluid. Um, it was hard to get images on her because it was just black. It, everything was black or like was drenched in black. And I remember I was freaking out. I'm like, what is going on? Like, I'm not even sure I'm going to get the images right. I don't know exactly if I'm taking the right images. And I remember she's, uh, she was there for an abdominal and she was saying she was having like pain right below her belly button. And so when I checked that area, her uterus was popped right up. And the reason it popped out was because half of the body was drenched in liquid. There was, it was surrounded by fluid and I was able to, you can kind of tell where the bladder ends in. Uh, where the bladder ends and begins because of the thin walls. But even the bladder was surrounded by fluid. It was really bad. I was like, oh, my God. But I took, like, uh, what it felt like a ridiculous number of pictures of different angles and everything. And my senior tech was like, oh, wow, you did pretty good. You actually got all the pictures needed like this wasn't too bad and i was like i'm like oh my god i was so relieved but my hand was even shaking i was like oh my god i'm not ready for this this is a little too much for me but i did the best i could and apparently uh i did i got everything that i was supposed to so i was happy about that 
And those were like the three craziest things I've seen in the externship. Oh, hopefully, well, hopefully I don't, I hope you don't see that kind of crazy, but also I hope you get to see a lot of crazy. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Oh, and I think with that, I'm going to end this episode. I hope you enjoyed my little rants. Um, please don't <laughs> uh, don't tell if anyone cracks that stupid joke about if they're pregnant or not, or if it's a boy or a girl. Don't say what I said here in the in the joke at the beginning of the episode because. Yeah, I don't want you getting into trouble, and I don't want to be a bad influence on you. <laughs> or do I? Maybe I do. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, I hope you have a wonderful week. Uh, and as always, I hope you have a nice a black coffee. When you look down on it, you're like, oh, my God. It's unegoic, like my soul. This is Efren. And I'll talk to you later. Bye.